So they're in another time and place. It's dark. It's raining. There's a very it's large man on a very large horse wearing very steel armor. <laughs> Beautiful. Um, and we're in Rachel's perspective, and this they are confronted. Typically, a war horse. Mm-hmm. Like yes. it's not just the fact that it's armored, but the fact that it's when this horse rears up, its hooves are described as being as big as dinner plates. Mm-hmm. Like the it's and this, as we find out, this isn't like. As as the description of the armor would suggest, this is like old school war horses that were bred to be fucking enormous. Mm-hmm. Like these are not animals you want to be. Like let me be clear: an any day modern horse, you don't want to get the wrong side of its hooves at all. But just yeah, and the notion of them being just like. They can just in the distance, uh, there's enough yellow light being cast through the trees, but it's like, what a horrifying place to just land. Mm-hmm. And it only gets worse, yep. to be clear. So, uh, um, but yes, this is a, a very upset French soldier uh-huh. um, because two girls just appeared out of nowhere. Um, and we get the um, sorceries, and uh, Rachel's like, "What?" And she's like, "Great!" And Cassie Blair is just like, "I don't really speak French," and at least Ra- and like Rachel's like, "He's speaking French," <laughs> which is just mm, I, I love her. But and Cassie's just like, "Like I know, I've had half a year of French. I gotta be minus." <laughs> um. But yeah, Rachel's just like, palms are just like, eh, it's fine. We're just a couple of girls from the future, out for a walk. We're on our way. No problem. Um, uh, this, uh, this knight assumes that they are English spies, which is what uh, Cassie is able to identify. Um, this is a knight in red. Yes. I'm trying to think. Yes, this is the knight in red. Um, yeah. And they decide a new horseman arrives, and this one uh, is in green, mm-hmm. um, which they can barely see. But there we are, uh, both French, and uh, just like it's just they're both like we need to morph and deal with this. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like when the the new knight who clearly can speak some English. And uh, Rachel's like, well, we're American, actually. <laughs> She's like, yes, we're English, totally English. Um, <laughs> because obviously, uh, it's not that they know when they are, um, but uh, like America or the United States of America does not yet exist uh, at yeah. this point in time. Um, and Rachel has started morphing. Yeah, elephant, to be specific. Uh we switch to Cassie's perspective. It is chaotic as the knights attack because they see that Rachel is morphing. Um, and uh, Cassie's like kicking at the horse's legs in order to uh, hobby them, essentially. Um, hobble them. Uh, it doesn't really work. Um, Though it's enough to make the horse stumble. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and a spear misses Rachel. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have two guy, two knights with spears, mm-hmm. uh, and then 
going to using a sword, um, fighting against Rachel as she sort of fully ends up in, uh, fully ends in the elephant morph. Mm-hmm. Cassie goes Cassie's to morph like, wolf. Well, yeah, I'm no help like this. And they're both like, and she's wondering where the others are. Where's Jake? Not in that order. Other way around. Why are her and Rachel left to deal with this shit alone? Rachel, of course, is shit-talking the knights, who presumably can understand her when mm-hmm. its thoughts speak directly to their head, which is hilarious. Uh, <laughs> the horses are having a really bad time dealing with like the mud sucking at their hooves and the fact that there's a fucking elephant there that they've probably never smelled before. Mm-hmm. Um, and now some foot soldiers are getting involved. And it's bad. It's chaos. Uh, Rachel gets a spear in the side, um, and, but does manage to grab hold of one of the knights and is, uh, prepared to slam one knight with the other knight, as we have seen her do before. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like, uh, and then Cassie gets stabbed, um, almost. I know she's, no, she gets hit with a blow. And then she moves before she can be impaled with a spear. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's generally just a whole big of, like, we get a flash of lightning and we have a scene from a medieval nightmare. Uh, a remaining knight in wet, muddy armor, shield gone astride a massive horse festooned in dirty green livery was charging, sword held forward towards what he must have thought was a dragon. And the dragon, the African bull elephant, was charging straight for him, tusks thrust out, trunk high in the air, holding the squirming, helpless, screaming red knight. It was no contest. Maybe with a lance, the green knight might have had a chance. Not with a sword, and not against Rachel, who was going to slam his brother knight down on him with the force of a dropped safe. Um, Cassie goes to sort of intervene, um, because she sees how that's going to go. Yeah. And is able to um, knock the green knight off his horse. And just like ends up pinning him to the floor, just like, stay down. You want to get stomped? Uh, <laughs> as he so like just in the wolf morph. And this is when um, Cassie gets the smell of salsa, uh, which is, I love this detail uh, because Jake and Marco have arrived. Jake still alive, and we just get which one of you ate at Taco Bell today? I huh. so I didn't think about this when reading it, mostly because I mm-hmm. was just speeding through. Mm-hmm. But like, there's no way that Taco Bell exists in that universe. Not with how oh, fucking white bread it is. That's true. <laughs> Though I suppose it is. We don't know how long they were in that reality for, just that they had memories of it. So if it has all happened in one day, they could have had Taco Bell before the Time Matrix fuckery started. You're right. (laughs) I'm making excuses for them. (laughs) It's just a joke. I shouldn't be reading too far into this. Mm -hmm. But Uh, also, um, I can understand Cassie anything, but... um, Marco might have like salsa at home if his mum makes like actual like Mexican food. Mm. So, 
But uh, yeah, Rachel, uh, sorry, uh, Tobias and Axe soon show up. But before that, we have a very pissed off Jake. <laughs> <laughs> it was not a good situation. I was seriously annoyed. <laughs> and um, he's just like, just <laughs> this. I'm oh, sorry. And Rachel's like, oh, hi, Jake. Hi, Marco. Um, hi. We were, uh, well, so there we were, suddenly appearing in the middle of a bunch of tents full of guys wearing armor. Naturally, we figured we better lie low, not attract attention, not cause any trouble. Which, like, are you really mad? <laughs> um, <laughs> Jake's like, goes and grabs the green eyes. Oh, Marco grabs the other one. They get him out of the mud while he curses in French. And Jake continues, I figured I'd try the subtle approach, but of course, that's just me. It hadn't occurred to me. What I should do is morph into elephant and stomp people into the mud. You are mad. Why would I be mad? Just because of the moment, I'm thinking, cool, we snuck past the guards. I suddenly hear an elephant. Marco's just laughing. Because <laughs> like a bunch of the soldiers back at the tents were like wetting themselves and blabbing about dragons and devils. And Cassie, as Cassie's so... Oh, no, wait. No, this is Jake. And uh, Rachel is like, hey, they sighed it. And Jake's just like, Rachel, can you please put down the night and deep morph so we can leave <laughs> without wiping out 10,000 future French people <laughs> who might be descendants of these two guys? Uh, you know he's like a spirit in me. And meanwhile, Cassie's helping the Green Knight up and just like, sorry, how do you say sorry in French? And Marco's just like, sorry? Marco, I am very sorry. That's very helpful, Marco. <laughs> um, but Rachel puts the red knight down, and it looks like he's gonna go for a sword. And Jake's like, "Nah, no, no, no," which clearly translated well enough. And this is when Axe and Tobias show up, and they've been able to take in the lay of the land, mm -hmm. and there is um, masses of people there. Yeah, like two armies, thousands. Yeah, and the the kids are between the two. Mm -hmm. And Cassie's like, okay, so what? Two armies? What war? What year? Jake doesn't know. Um, Rachel points out that that guy speaks English, and so we have Jake talking to this soldier, um, and politely he's like, "Excuse me, sir, can you tell me what year this is and who's fighting the war?" I do not parler avec Richie. <laughs> I'm sorry. I should not be so amused by this, but I am. And so I'm going to continue doing this very bad accent because it's fun. Uh, Marco's laughing. Um, and Jake points out, I, I am not the witch. Those two are the witches. I saved your life. And apparently this is good enough for the night. It's like, it is the year of our Lord 1415, the forces of the Roi de France, Your Highness Royal Charles VI, under command to Constable de France, and Princes of the Blood Royal are here, Unisport to repel a line visual. Roi Henry V of England, which has laid claim unjust to the throne of France. I miss French. <laughs> um, and plus, I love that this is like, 13 year old American kids because Rachel's just like what the fuck war is this <laughs> okay so it's the French and the English what side are we on it's just like no we're not on anyone's side we're just here to make sure Visa 4 doesn't mess with us mm -hmm. um, they've got to figure out um, where Visa 4 is and Jake stresses that they can't do anything 
um, that would include squeezing French knights with our trunks till they pop open like an overboiled hot dog. And we're just like, he had armor on, he barely felt it. Um, just, this is good. Mm-hmm. But they all take to the sky as birds to see if they can find either the time matrix, which Axe doesn't know what it looks like. Um, and, and or Visifor. Uh, And Mm -hmm. Jake makes it explicitly clear that if any of them finds Visser 4, fast and hard, you understand this guy has the most dangerous weapon ever created. We can't let him get away. His personal history ends here. Jake is just like, Merc the motherfucker. Also, that line just lands different, having got to the end of the book Mm -hmm. and knowing how it's resolved. So that's Mm -hmm. fun. Um, now I'll level with you. I was like before, cause I don't always read a whole th- a book in one go. And I was like, okay. And once we got the details of what battle this is, mm-hmm. uh, if you're not enough of a history, this is, uh, and it's real, this is Agincourt. And I looked up like, okay, so why is this so important? Okay. Well, it's to do with the end of the hundred year war and the explanation for why Vissa four went to Agincourt <laughs> is fucking perfect. It is. I was like, this is incredible. I love this so much. Uh-huh. Won't spoil it yet till we get there, but it is not because of the sig- historical significance of <laughs> of uh, Agincourt. Yep. It's yep. so good. Like, I know I'm a nerd, the specific flavor of nerd is relevant to this, but it's just like, <laughs> oh boy. It's very good. But uh, we are in, what is it, the fifth, early 1500s or late 1400s? I forget the actual specific date. Uh, um, 1415 is what the French dude oh, says. Oh, right, he did, yeah. Um, So they're just like flying around. Uh, Looking at trying shit. to take into yeah, being grossed out by the uh, state of bodily hygiene of uh, 13th century, sorry, 15th century soldiers, mm-hmm. um, uh, and how well they can see just how poor the bodily hygiene is of yep. <laughs> 15th century soldiers. Mm-hmm. Um, and we get we're in Marco's perspective uh, comments on like also uh, how a lot of people have got smallpox scars. Um, get this great exchange between Axe and Marco where Axe is just like I don't mean to insult your ancestors Marco but if the Yerks had arrived in this era they would have left to find some other species to invest these humans have all the parasites they could possibly support <laughs> um, and Marco's just like hey where were the Andalites like three, 400 years ago? She was like, we were relatively backwards technologically, but we had managed to discover cleansing, cleaning agents these humans are universally filthy um, which like in an episode of House is the comment that all Marco needs for the light to have his light bulb moment, <laughs> which is that Visa 4 isn't gonna be lice ridden with like bad teeth because he's from yeah. where they are. So they just need to find the clean person without the smallpox scars and all that. And that mm-hmm. and he's right to put that that's gonna be significantly easier to spot. It's still a needle in a haystack, but it's like it's a very clean maybe like a very different coloured needle to the rest of the hay. Mm-hmm. So, and the sun is rising now. Mm-hmm. Um, they happen to be over the English camp and spot prob- who is probably the king. And uh, we get some 
less than maybe favourable descriptions from Marco about the physicality of English knights, but he also doesn't particularly want to get a fight with them either. Mm-hmm. Um, even if they aren't super buff, he clearly recognises that they are trouble. Uh, and now that I know what this battle is, the fact that he's just like, and now the king was talking to his troops, he jumped on a fallen creature and started bellowing and waving his arms like a politician or a football coach. I couldn't hear everything he said, but the basic idea was, men, we're outnumbered, but we're here for a good reason, which is that I want to be the king of France, so let's let's go kick some French butt, (laughs) and we're all mighty pleased with ourselves on the off chance that we actually survive. Basically, the same kind of heroic nonsense that we animals tell ourselves before we go into battle. And that fucking insight from Marco, which I know (laughs) the fictional version of what he's referring to is clearly not went down, but that is just, yes, love this. I'm going to enjoy this little treat for me. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It's very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, but they spot Visa 4. Yep. In amongst um, the archers. Which is arguably the smart choice for him to make, not just because of the weapon choice, um, mm-hmm. but because unlike, and to be fair, this is why the English won mm-hmm. this battle. To be clear, uh, is it's very light arm leathered leathers rather than full armor, mm-hmm. much easier to move around in. Plus, the whole thing with English archers were meant to be very good mm-hmm. back in the day. You know, it's still technically English law about archery practice. <laughs> it's never been removed from the laws that all Englishmen are meant to like practice archery for two hours a week. <laughs> I think it is incredible. It was just never. Well, the the uh, I I don't know whether it's uh it's apocryphal, whether mm-hmm. that's the whole sticking two fingers up, yeah, is from like Pluck the whole you. like, in, yeah, but no, it's English, yeah, English to the French, just like how we've because st- there was this threat that they would cut the two fingers off the mm-hmm. hand of every English archer, mm-hmm. uh, so they wouldn't be able to use it. Just like ha, we were expressly told. Uh, when going on like trips to France as kids, like going to do not stick two fingers up at French people. It's very <laughs> bad. <laughs> um, don't do that. They'll get real offended. And we were like, why? <laughs> uh, because you know, children are obnoxious sometimes. Um, but yeah, that's why sticking two fingers up is a very British thing as opposed to just flipping the bird, the middle finger, which is more and more American thing. Mm. So, but yes. I like. I'm not the SCA nerd that you are, but I do enjoy like the historical stuff that we get uh-huh. with this battle. It's so, good. It's very good. Uh, so the the fighting is getting ready to start. The armies are moving, um, uh, and they're like, "All right, so how are we going to get to Visser Four? He's in amongst the archers. Like, what what are we doing here?" Um, and Marco is just, like, keeping eyes on Visser 4 when he realizes, uh, that all of the English archers have drawn their bows, uh, and are shooting arrows. Uh, and you don't necessarily, like, you don't have to aim very well when you're just shooting a thousand arrows in the air. Yeah, and to be clear, like, if you aren't aware, like, especially when there's a lot of distance, you don't fire in the straight line, especially mm-hmm. if you fire up. Yeah. And so the arrows will arch, and then they will have the weight of the arrow and its head behind it as well as it then mm-hmm. falls down. Like that one scene in 300 with, like, mm-hmm. the, where the arrows rain down. So it's not that 
Because the way some of this is written is like, oh, are they aiming at Marco? That part comes later. Um, it's just like he happens to be in the exact wrong spot for how yeah. warfare when you use longbow archers works. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he has to dodge about a million arrows, uh, gets shot through the wing once, um, and uh, he isn't very lucky. Um, he thinks he made he manages to get out uh, at first, but then and and he watches at this point um, as because he has a moment of respite because he gets out of the way of the arrows and he watches as the arrows fall amongst the French soldiers. Um, and thousands of arrows all shooting up, all arching, all seeming to hang in the air. Thousands of these arrows just sort of waiting, poised at the top of their arc. A fly could not have gotten through that wall of arrows. Down and down to stick in French arms and necks and shoulders and heads and thighs and faces. And all of a sudden, what was happening below me was not a joke anymore. The main knights seemed almost invulnerable at first with all their armor. Even their horses were armored along the back of their necks and over their heads. But the arrows were so thick that they found their way into the narrow slits in knights' visors. Men were dropping. Horses were dropping. If I had stayed one second longer, avoiding the arrows would have been like avoiding raindrops in a thunderstorm. If I had stayed a second longer, I wouldn't have just been shot. I'd have been a pincushion. Now the screaming started. Guys with arrows sticking through their necks, into their stomachs, out of their sides, all fell and crawled and stood up and fell again. And it wasn't just the men. Horses were screaming too. And that's not a sound I'll ever forget. And one of the uh, recurring themes in this book is... The horrors of war. Um, multiple times in this book, we see the kids get irrevocably traumatized by something they witness in this war, in these wars. Um, and it is, it's really interesting that these kids who are so kind of inundated with the horrors of their own war to see this other kind of war. Because for the most part, the kids are fighting aliens. Uh, they do fight human controllers, but they try their utmost to not kill human controllers. And the hork are usually hardy enough that they're trying to disable the hork not necessarily outright kill them. Although they do kill a lot of hork And this kind of fighting, where it's, it's just people dying on either side, just so much death of humans for what has to feel like, in some of these instances, no reason at all. It's really interesting to me to 
get that kind of juxtaposition of, you know, these already extremely traumatized children still have more trauma that they can just pile on top of it uh, because uh, this is a different kind of war than the kind that they are used to. Mm. I'm going to pay attention to this as we go through. Um, because, as you said, there's a lot of instances this is happening, but I know that for a fact this is two that are definitely Marco commenting that he's not going to forget this. Mm-hmm. And the fact that it is the strategist having these visceral... And I like that they're sensory. Mm-hmm. They're not... Like, Axe has a moment later that is just so fucking oof. Yeah, it's it's incredible, but I like that. Oh, like is the wrong word, but for Marco, it's the screaming of horses, mm-hmm. and later it is the smell of blood, mm-hmm. and like because it's quite often sensory things that can trigger flashbacks and PTSD yeah. response and things like that, and it's just it's very interesting to me because we know that marco is incredibly good at taking in details that we see him aware that he's taking in this information and he's not going to be able to forget it Mm -hmm. because i feel it makes it clear that marco is incredibly empathetic Mm -hmm. and emotionally aware and it's just very hidden behind the jokes and the ability to think logically. Yeah. But this is a good precursor of what happens later and how he reacts to it. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I just got distracted because the cats are grooming each other and it's very cute. <laughs> I'm sorry. Deep emotions about animals and distracted by cats. <laughs> That's how we roll. Um, but unfortunately, there is another uh, barrage of arrows. And uh, because of the injured wing, because uh, Marco dives, um, but is unable to catch air properly and eats shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he hits the ground beak first. And then passes out. Unsurprisingly, you know, hitting the ground at high speed will do that to a person. Mm-hmm. Um, and Rachel sees this happen. Um, and uh, because she's in Bald Eagle Morph, is big enough, or the only one nearly big enough, to uh, get him up. And right. she's fully prepared to dive down and get him. And Jake tries to stop her. Um, and she just insists that she can get him because uh, he is just like a tiny bird in a big muddy field that is incredibly dangerous place for him to be because mm-hmm. um, he can get trampled yeah uh, um, she dodges one barrage of arrows kind of uh, and then 
hits Marco, gets talons into Marco, but can't get him up out of the mud. Uh, and then another volley goes off, and suddenly the English are running at the French. Uh, and there's nothing they can do. Um, I just suddenly love the line. Of course it's Rachel, just that we're about to be stomped by several thousand really unattractive shoes. <laughs> Um, but yeah, then in a ballsy maneuver, given mm-hmm. that we've just witnessed how vulnerable ho- even armored horses are mm-hmm. in this situation, uh, Cassie in uh, horse morph comes running towards them, um, and she just tells them to get ready. Mug's like, "We can't ride bareback," um, and. They're ready to go, but they're just like, what are they going to do? And they end up like clamping their their talons around Cassie's uh, forelegs. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's not going well. Because suddenly mm. they're surrounded by a bunch of bodies. Um, Cassie is stabbed with a spear. Uh, and then Rachel is just fucking stepped on. Like, her wings are stepped on. Uh, and uh, it's bad. Bad all around. This uh, oh, sorry, this is something that I didn't necessarily cotton onto. Because, as you said, it's bad. They see the Green Knight that had interacted with Rachel and Cassie when they first arrived. Fakes down in the mud with an arrow um, mm-hmm. in his chest. Uh, we have this moment because... It's not just that the wings are just like Rachel hears the bones in her back and wings mm-hmm. snap. And then we have a perspective shift. And um it's okay, it's fine. Um because the next time we get to Rachel and Marco, uh they're being sort of protected by Cassie. Cassie's using her body to sort of provide some shelter for them. Mm-hmm. But it occurs to me now spoilers for later in the book i guess the rachel probably did die in that mm-hmm. moment yeah but we just don't know that yet because of the perspective shift mm-hmm. which implies also that it was always going like cry out who it was always going to be yeah yeah it was always going to be the one life he wanted so yeah yeah um, but this is, as, as Daniel said, it's bad. Uh, it's real bad. Um, Cassie, uh, Jake is freaking out at this point, seeing Cassie go down. Tobias is like, I'm going to go in. And Jake's just like, no, we don't need another body. Um, but yeah, Axe is, uh, has got eyes on Visser 4, um, who is climbing a tree. Uh, meanwhile, like Jake and Tobias are yelling Talking. at each other. Uh, mm-hmm. They are, they are both so mad at each other. Um, well, it's uh, like their girls are down there, mm-hmm. and it's interesting because Tobias is saying the things that clearly Jake wants to, mm-hmm. and we've seen it before with Jake. Just like I'm upset about the same thing you are, but I don't get to be. I have yeah. to be the leader and keep you safe. Like, do you think I'm not upset about this? Do you think I don't want to go diving in there? Yeah. 
It's, um, it's also too that we have like, there are different responses to things. Mm -hmm. Uh, like you said, Jake has the obligation. He has to think about the bigger picture that if they go down there, they're just going to be two more bodies that need rescued. Uh, whereas Tobias, <laughs> Tobias, I'm going to throw myself bodily in harm's mm -hmm. way to save my friend's Fangor. Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> and so Tobias is just like, okay, then we get out. We pull the ripcord and starts calling out to the Elamist and to Krayak to get them uh, out of there. Mm -hmm. And Axe, meanwhile, is witnessing this, keeping an eye on Visa 4. Um, but Axe has got that sort of, I don't want to say trained response, trauma response. It's just like there's nothing he can do for Cassie, mm -hmm. Rachel, and Marco, and he has a job to do. He has his mission. Mm -hmm. um, and it's just like keeping an eye. Tobias is like, okay, we'll go more polar bear and rip them apart. We can't do anything. And Jake's like, Cassie's down there and my best friend. And they're still arguing. And Jake's just like, we can't just kill a bunch of innocent guys who should have lived. These aren't controllers. They're human beings. Um, meanwhile, Axe has got eyes on Visithor, who is lining up um, or is looking for something in the crowd. And with the uh, Harrier eyes, it's easy for acts to see who Visafor is looking towards, which is a warrior with a dented gold ring atop his helmet, uh, with several bright flags near him. And he's just like in thought speak, so, uh, the human with the gold circles on his head, is he important? <laughs> Jake's just like, gold circle? You mean a crown? Possibly? <laughs> just like, yes, great acts. Um, and uh, possibly it is gold and formed into what may be an abstract floral design. That's the king, the English king. He will be shot with an arrow very soon. <laughs> um, Visathor is drawing his bow, and I believe he is aiming it at the king. Yeah. Uh, and Prince Jake just like, get him, and and acts just like, I'm too far away, only Tobias. Mm -hmm. And I swear to Christ, Tobias. <laughs> Tobias. <laughs> Tobias is still pissed. He wants to go help Rachel. And he's mad because both Axe and Jake are just talking about the mission. And like all he can see is, or he, like his mind is full of just like Rachel and Marco half crushed by Cassie. But then he twigs, oh no, they're taking shelter. And maybe, and he's like, maybe I could go into the woods and move polar bear again. And has this like arguing with himself about Jake being right, about how they can't just kill a lot of people and how long would he even last, even as a polar bear. Um, but Visifor takes the first shot, um, misses. I say misses. Uh, it's a very good shot that just happens to catch a French soldier on the way. Because uh, it's a tough target and Visifor is not an expert archer. I'm impressed and I'm wondering what kind of combat training John Berryman has done yeah. to be able to pull a fucking longbow. Yeah. Because the pull on longbows, like, is it the poundage? I don't know the terminology. Yeah, the poundage, yeah. yeah. Yeah, they're like 80 pounds. Like, they are like they they expressly say that the bows are as tall as a person. Mm -hmm. Like a longbow is not an easy thing to use if you want incredibly used to it. That's why they trained so much. So the fact that he's doing as well as he is, clearly John Brayman did LARP at the weekends. <laughs> okay, is my point. <laughs> um Though given the fact that he likes a certain play, maybe it's not that unlikely. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um 
But the second shot Visafor is able to lose um, could be a better hit. And Tobias like, well, regardless, it could hit. He might miss and hit Cassie or Marco or Rachel. And this motherfucker, and I'm talking about Tobias here, snatches an arrow out of the air. Yep. It's so fucking cool. Yep. Yeah, I love it because he he dives down and catches the arrow and then he's like, all right, I did my fucking thing. I'm going to go save my girlfriend now. This is your problem. (laughs) (laughs) He doesn't say girlfriend. He says, I'm going after Rachel and the others. Um, I also do like the like he does that he does this amazing snatch of the arrow yeah. out of the air, and the Visafor's looking at him just like, and it's just like, and and the Visafor clogs that this is like an andalite. Uh, not exactly, but you get the basic idea. Jake, I think he's made us. <laughs> what Visafor? I think it's occurred to him that normal hawks don't go around snatching arrows out of midair. That's <laughs> <sighs> good. It is very good. Uh, and we cut to Cassie. Uh, she's really hurt. Um, doesn't know what to do. It sounds terrible to her horse ears. Um, uh, I like this detail. Uh, this I would later learn was the Battle of Agincourt, one of the greatest battles of history. Glorious. That's what people called it. Glorious. Shakespeare wrote a play about it. But I'm here to tell you there was nothing glorious going on. It was as glorious as murder. Uh, Cassie can't stand. She's not strong enough to roll to get up without crushing Rachel and Marco. And she doesn't have enough room. Um, and Jake is like, uh, we're coming to get you. Don't worry. Uh, and Marco's like, what are you doing? And Jake's like, well, this is the age of superstition, right? Witches and goblins and devils and all. Yeah. We're giving him a devil. A devil? What do you mean a devil? Then above all the clashing, yelling, horrific sounds of battle, I heard a new note. Screams of sheer terror. Screams like you'd hear from someone trapped in a nightmare. Uh, the, and the devil, or what must surely have looked like a devil to these men of the 15th century, rode onto the field atop a magnificent war horse. Am I seeing a hork riding a horse? Marco asked. <laughs> the hork Tobias, actually came charging toward us. Brave warriors, warriors who'd gone face to face in this battle, life for life, suddenly bolted. The forest of legs around me parted. And I just love the fucking visual... Of it's a so horkajir riding a horse into battle. It's, so it's incredible. It's incredible. <laughs> it's extra AF. We need to get you some heraldry, Daniel, that's just like a rearing horse with a horkajir. <laughs> 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 Fucking incredible. Uh, um, but yeah, they're able to, um, give this moment, like with that there, it's a clear enough space for Cassie to get up, uh, for Rachel and Marco to get away safely. Uh, but they grab, they grab back onto Cassie. Um, um, and Jake and Rachel asks where Visafor is because of course her mind's still on the mission. Um, and Jake explains that Axe is keeping him busy, but they need to go. 
and just acts as this Harrier chasing Visa 4 mm-hmm. is very good. Mm-hmm. Um, Visa 4 just like screaming at Axe to leave him alone, calling him Adelite <laughs> Filth, as you do. Um, he tries to take a shot at Axe. Um, and you have, you, you, I'm fairly certain you have to stand still to fire a longbow. Uh, so, you know, tries to fire, uh, an arrow at axe, sorry, loose an arrow at axe, excuse me. Um, and just misses. But, uh, heads into a village. And there are two structures there. Although we do get some, like, shit talking. Mm-hmm. Um, bless axe tries to do, uh, tries to, like, be like, surrender now. We have you surrounded, but he's bad at bluffing. Uh, and to be fair, this is a Vissa. Like, mm-hmm. this is not a low-level Yerk doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, Vissa 4 gets into the village. There's what looks to be an essentially a military structure, um, like a fort. And uh, not that Axe knows it, but there's a church, uh, a large building with a tall tower at one end. Mm-hmm. And uh, Axe is desperately calling out for the others, uh, figures out that this is where... Uh, the time matrix must be hidden. Um, and understandably, because as a bird, he can't get through the large doors that have been closed in his face, um, starts demorphing. And uh, the villagers are kind of not impressed by the arrival of a scorpion tailed horse thing coming out of a bird body at the <laughs> church. Um, causes a lot you know. of screaming. Uh huh. Yeah, you know, just like he hears screaming and somersault and he turns like he turns a stork eye round as it's as it, his vision sort of comes back to it. Just like a bunch of swords and pitchforks being uh, pointed towards him and being a very astute adler, just like, I'm quite sure they were not welcoming me to their town. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Bless this boy. Yep. Uh cut to Tobias who is continuing to ride the warhorse that is Jake uh, into town after Axe. Um, the visual continues to be phenomenal of Tobias leaning down over Jake's mane, allowing room for his spiked tail. Uh, the horse is large enough to carry a hork Uh It's excellent. Um, but they get into the town. about just how big warhorses are. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, they get into town, uh, Tobias just fucking vaults off of Jake's back over the crowd that is, uh, advancing on Axe, um, lands on Axe, <laughs> uh, and, uh, basically steals one of the pitchforks from one of the villagers and is like, back the fuck up. And then he opens the door and gets them inside. And so now he's a seven foot tall creature with horns and a spiked tail holding a pitchfork in a church. Uh-huh. I mean, to repeat what I said in the pickup I did for book 29, mission status. Sick. <laughs> Just incredibly good. Yep. Uh, and I do like that Tobias is self-aware enough to go, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, boy, this is the wrong morph in the wrong place. And he apologizes to the priest. Yep. It's not what it looks like. Sorry. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Um, But the bell starts to ring. Um, 
And so Tobias and Axe make for the bell tower. Uh, between the two, between Tailblade and uh, Hawkbeard's strength, they're able to break through a trap door, and they arrive uh, in time just to see uh, Visa Four eyes on the shimmering, featureless globe that is the Time Matrix. And uh, now, uh, and he's like, oh, "Okay, I did not expect to be pursued, but I'll be careful now." And you know what? It's better this way. I have the power now. I have the power. I have the power. And um, they go to lunge for him, but the globe shivers, Visa full grins, the blades fl- uh, blades flash on emptiness. And uh, we go to another time and another POV. Mm-hmm. Just with this fantastic line of, where'd that dang horse come from? Don't reckon I know, Tom. It's such <laughs> a new clodhopper. <laughs> um <laughs> very good because jake is in horse morph and has just appeared in a different camp of Mm -hmm. men um it's incredibly cold uh thankfully the horse morph bred for northern european winter so it's having it doing an okay time um but it doesn't change the fact that it's cold uh clouds Mm -hmm. hide the moon and stars so jake can barely see um but he can hear the sound of wooden wooden recognizes uh boats or the sound of boats like bobbing against each other mm-hmm. um, and it is very muddy underfoot um but everyone around him is speaking english though the accent is strange to jake's ears um as if you had a bunch of country folks trying to speak with an english accent which i wonder how accurate that is because i know it's like the close to the dutch pronunciation of thing. it's yeah. i don't know enough about the linguistic history well it, it amuses that. me because like uh you hear talk about how the southern accent is actually the closest linguistically to mm. the british accent mm-hmm. uh, like if you just if you slow the british accent down you get that southern accent and so it just makes mm-hmm. me think of like if that is what jake is hearing mm. um that's very it's, good. It's a cool detail. Mm-hmm. Uh, the soldiers are talking about a group, a troop of Hessians uh, could be around somewhere. Um, don't really like the look of the trees on the other side of the river. Um, and Jake's like, Hessians, I know that word from somewhere. What is going on? Um, uh, he calls out to Marco Cassie, uh, and uh he kind of trots away from these other dudes um and there's more talk about hessians could be waiting for them uh there's a whole army of them in trenton um and uh someone snaps an order and everyone kind of just stops moving and jake is kind of pressed on all sides so he can't move either making a lane for the general uh, comes the general. Sorry. Yeah, I am Hamilton. Trash is the thing. Yeah, mood same. He walked by quickly with half a dozen well-dressed men trailing him. I never would have recognized him, not from any of the paintings I'd seen. Certainly not from his face, as it appears on the one-dollar bill. But the men were whispering his name, Washington. Uh, George Washington, father of the country. Uh, and Marco has sidled up to Jake and is like, you know who that is? 
where'd you get and, and Marco's dressed like he has clothes and boots on well he's got and a, a p- blanket with a hole uh, over his morphing clothes uh, and a good pair of boots which he <laughs> stole like, from George Washington <laughs> I love this detail this is good like <laughs> yes let my half Mexican animorph kid fucking steal the boots of George Washington this is <laughs> It's beautiful. Um, it's just like you stole George Washington. It's freezing. Not all of us happen to be horses right now. <laughs> and it's just like, Mark, I stopped talking to me. People are noticing. And then we just have some good banter. Rachel uh, is flying. Up. They hear someone calling out in Thought Speak. And they figure out that it's Rachel. Um, and we get this exchange, just like, um, yeah, I'm in Elmore flying above an army down by some river with some boats. Guys are carrying old-fashioned rifles. I know, Marco and I down here in the middle of it. I'm the horse. Marco's the one wearing Washington's boots. No way. George Washington? Jake, tell her, no, Guido Washington. Marco would like me to pass along a sarcastic remark. <laughs> I had to stop reading because I laughed so hard at that moment. I was just like, I need a second. Because <laughs> just... Yes, perfect, good. Um, and I like that it's Rachel who's the one who goes, is this the Delaware? Is he crossing the Delaware? Mm-hmm. I'm just like, I guess so. I mean, I've heard Washington cross the Delaware, but I don't know what it means. The river is the Delaware. The Delaware River. Come on. I mean, even I know this. And <laughs> it feels, given that we know Jake has studied military history... Mm-hmm. I feel like he would know about the crossing of the Delaware. It's, um, uh, or is it that? Considering it's so like memorialized in art and things like that, and it's got this significance, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I took fucking. Why is he crossing the Delaware to get to the other side and see the chicken? <laughs> <laughs> I love Marco so damn much. Um, but. They're just like, and it starts to rain, and Jake's just like, okay, you're in Almorf, you go look for Visifor. Um, and they realize that Visifor must be after Washington. Mm-hmm. Um, and to keep him, uh, whatever you do, protect George Washington. <laughs> <laughs> There's three words that you thought you never thought you'd say. Um, and then we cut to Rachel, protect George Washington. Right. No problem. I was an owl. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all the men are loading into boats. Uh, Rachel's keeping Washington in sight. Uh, she's thinking over, like, why? Why here? Like, why King Henry? Why here? Um, uh some English king was one thing. This was the father of our country, the pre- first president of the United States. No one was going to take him down. Um, mm-hmm. But, like, Margo and Jake are trapped down in the mass of people. Uh, Marco leads Jake away to demorph. And then uh, Rachel suddenly sees Cassie pop into existence uh, about 50 yards down the riverbank. Um, and she has a conversation through mime uh her thoughts speaking to cassie and cassie like miming 
<laughs> Cassie, I, I see you. I'm an owl morph. Here's the deal. Washington is crossing the Delaware, and yes, I mean the Washington. I saw her look up. Night is meaningless to an owl, even this night. I saw her mouth her mouth form the words, George Washington? She couldn't see me, of course. Yeah, George, National Daddy. That's me on the dollar bill with a city and a state named after me, Washington, I said. Jake figures Mr. Four is going to try and smoke him. We're getting ready to load him up, I think. George, I mean, yes, he's heading for a boat. I Cassie have, made I'm a sorry. sinuous motion with her hands, a swimming motion. Dolphin? Yeah, good idea. I am never going to get over National Day. Let <laughs> me be clear. <laughs> I really hope to be in America for like a what, whatever if the, the Washington holiday. <laughs> And just be like, maybe I'll get a t-shirt made up riffing on that one Friends of the Table quote I really like, which just says, Washington is not my daddy. <laughs> just really upset some people. <laughs> I should not uh, do this. I do not need to antagonize people quite so much. Um, but also in all of this, we get like Rachel's observations of the differences between these troops and the people... And the, the soldiers she'd seen at Agincourt, mm -hmm. how um, they're maybe marginally cleaner, um, but that might just be because of the cold as well, and how um, they're much more poorly equipped, like basically in, in rags. Some of the, A lot of them don't necessarily even have good shoes, if they have shoes at all. Mm -hmm. And it's just a miserable time. I mean, Delaware is what? New, upper New York, right? It's up there. Uh, it is it, New Jersey. It is its own state. It is in that same vicinity. It's both a river and a state called Delaware. That's just confusing. Well, the river is um, in the state. You say that. And I understand <laughs> it, but also, and I know that there's both Mississippi State and the Mississippi River. And I Tennessee State and the Tennessee River. Like, it's, it's a, a thing. Yeah. <laughs> Get some, get some more names, is what I'm saying. <laughs> Every river in the UK has a dumb name. Though I think, I like, I think at least three of them are the River Avon, which is Welsh for river. So, you know. <laughs> at least that's my understanding. All I'm hearing is glass houses and stones, Jade. The English language is stupid as fuck. <laughs> And is in fact just made up of words we stole from other languages. I'm sorry that the people that got kicked out of the out of the UK for being too uptight decided to name everything when they got there after stuff that's already here because they couldn't think of anything new. <laughs> Let me be clear, both the UK and the US like it's just fun to act like there's any kind of ground either way to judge the other on. So, uh, but yes, so uh, George is getting on a boat, uh, which is noticed by Tobias. Um, you know, Jake, Rachel, is anyone else here? Or am I the only one watching George freaking Washington climbing into a boat? And Rachel's like, you recognized him? Of course I recognized him. That's the man. Are you kidding? Um, and just, but Axis with Tobias, uh, they're on the other side of the river. Uh, Tobias still needs to demorph. Um, but Jake and Marco are boarding one of the boats. Uh, Cassie is morphing dolphin about to get into the river. Mm, Rachel is flying overhead. Axe points out that there are armed men on their, on the side of the river that he's on. 
uh, that Tobias hasn't seen because obviously the Hawkbajir eyes aren't as good as the Harriers. And Rachel's like, those are good guys. Guys have been going across for a while now. I don't think they have enough boats. And I'm just like, oh, they seem to be very alert. Well, I guess they would be. They're on their way to go kick butt. Uh, Axe is not quite convinced, but Rachel reassures him that uh, he has nothing to worry about. Don't think about if Rachel has unresolved guilt about what happens next. Oh, yeah. Be- because she's like, nah, it's fine. Don't worry about it. Yep. Um, And then Marco and Jake have the real shitty experience of being in a boat in the middle of winter, crossing, I imagine, what is not an insubst- unsubstantial-sized river, mm-hmm. um, in the middle of a sleet storm. Yep. Uh, with boats that aren't great at keeping water out. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is cold and miserable, is the thing. Mm-hmm. Uh we get and some good observations from Marco about how the reality of this situation is nothing like the famous painting of Washington crossing the Delaware mm-hmm. and how unrealistic a portrayal that is. Mm-hmm. Um, not just because of the boats that they actually are in, but more like if Washington had been enough of an idiot to stand up in the middle of the boat, everyone would have said, nah, mate, and left him to it. <laughs> so, uh, And then... Things go extremely wrong. Uh, And I thought at first, uh, so Jake points out George Washington. I thought at first he meant he spotted Visser 4, but he was looking at Big George. You know, it's dumb, I guess, but not some, I'm not some big wave the flag guy, you know, but that man over there huddling down in his coat while the ice crusted his hat, that was George Washington. It was hard to digest. I twisted my head, dislodging some of the slush. Like Tobias said, the man, Jake said. Uh, no him, no us, maybe. Yeah, and Visser 4 could be in his boat right now. Jake nodded. Rachel's on it. Hey, we're almost there. Gee, I hate to see this pleasure cruise come to a... A horizontal line of flame erupted, blinding in the darkness. Twenty, thirty, who knew how many ancient muskets, all firing at once. A disciplined volley. I couldn't see the damage done, but I heard the cries. Turn back, someone screamed. A second volley. Again, exploding powder drew that awful line. We're betrayed. Turn back. No, forward. Our boat began to turn, but lost its way and simply wallowed as men lurched back and forth in panic. On the far shore, no longer so far, the ancient flintlock muskets opened fire again. Fingers squeezed on triggers, the hammer with its chip of flint slammed down against steel. The spark ignited the powder in the flash pan. It made a small, coughing sound. Then the main powder charge ignited. Pop. A ball of lead the size of a marble flew. But not one single gun. A mass of guns. All firing at once. Fifty, sixty, a hundred explosions. A hundred balls flying, singing through the air. Thunk. The man sitting in front of me fell back. His head dropped on my lap. I yelled. Thunk. An oar was blown in half. Thunk. A hole appeared in Jake's forehead. Uh, And then we cut to Rachel. Jake fell straight back without a twitch or a movement. Simply collapsed. A puppet whose strings had been cut. Marco lunged across the boat to grab him. 
I saw the hole. It was centered in Jake's forehead. The back of his head was gone. There was no possible question. He was dead. You know, children. Yep. Just how completely traumatic that must be for Marco. Mm-hmm. This is this is Jackie Kennedy scrambling across the back of the car to grab the bits of JFK's skull in an attempt to, like, a futile attempt to put him back together. Maybe then it will be all right. Mm. Uh. And all around them is chaos. Like, Marco tries to stop Jake's body from going overboard. And there's just the Hessians on the other shore are firing still. Boats are being blown apart. Um, and the other soldiers on the boat, Marco and Jake, are trying to push any bodies overboard to lighten it. Uh, Cassie is in the water and doesn't know what's happening. Um, and Rachel has to ask Cassie to stop uh, Jake's body from floating away. And everything is so much in this. And we have this moment. Rachel is in the, the maelstrom of this in the middle. And... Rachel just has this clarity. She sees Washington get hit and is like, this is here. This isn't the way it went down in history. So clearly someone had warned the Hessians. They've got to save Washington. And Tobias asks her, what do we do? And Rachel just like, do, I didn't know, attack. I blurted, the Hessians attack them. Rachel, Axe said, these Hessian humans are already doing what? But my doubt was gone. Attack. Yes. They killed Jake, I snapped, and they're trying to get Washington. They could kill Marco. They die. Do you hear me, Andalite? They killed your prince. Do your duty. And there's something so deeply upsetting about Rachel falling back into just pure soldier mode. Because mm -hmm. we've seen her before, like, be so upset in the moment that she doesn't do that. But here she's managing to, I say managing, is directing her at, because there's something for her to direct her anger at. And there's, there's something that hits me real hard about, and this continues, that Marco is yelling and crying, uh, and Rachel is the one who is taking up command mm -hmm. in this moment. Because you might think that Marco is the second in command, if there is that kind of structure to the Animorphs. And I think what this book makes clear is, no, it's Rachel. 
mm-hmm. because she is the soldier. Um, but it's left to axe because Tobias is currently a hawk. Um, because Cassie's in the water, Rachel's in the air over the water, Marco's under fire, and Jake is dead. So only Axe can do this. And Axe is just like, Cryak had taken his payment, but that did not mean the dying would end. Was Rachel right? Should I attack these humans? And Axe is also concerned, because yes, his former line would breed panic, but these are professional soldiers. Um, and is aware that they're eventually going to rally and that their officers would direct fire at him. And he's, he, we have this moment with him of him, this understanding of this clarity that he is going to have to kill people who should have lived, not only to take lives, but wreak havoc through human history. But wasn't that already happening? This battle should never have taken place. Men were dying who should have lived. What should I do? Another volley. The left of the Hessian line was only a seconds away. Marco might have died in that last volley, or if he lived still, he might die in the next. I raced for the nearest soldier. He didn't see me. I whipped my tail forward. Fwap. The flat of my blade hit the side of the soldier's head. The soldier fell. Fwap. Another dropped, unconscious. A third turn saw me, froze, unable to pull the trigger of his primitive firearm. I knocked the gun from his hand. But now an officer was yelling and more soldiers were turning, turning towards me, levelling their guns, fingers on triggers. I ran, pushed off with my hind legs. Leaps. Sails over the heads of the Hessians as their explosive fire ripped the air below me. I landed hard, tripped, staggered, caught myself and veered toward the officer. He drew his sword. He was brave, but no human is fast enough to evade an andalite tail. His sword would not stop me. My blade would remove his head from his shoulders. No choice. The killing had to stop. Marco, the human called Washington. No choice. My stork eyes looked down the dark, wet slope toward the river. Most of the Hessians were still firing. Men in the boats were screaming.